0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. Um, well, this morning, uh, we're going to get to step into the third part of a series uh, we've simply called uh, Risen. And of course, what a beautiful day to kick this off, but it was Resurrection Sunday, where we recognize that the grave is is empty. And as we <coughs> delve into this, we're looking about what it means to live and to connect with the resurrection life. And so we've looked at this concept multiple times. And so just open up your, your bulletin, open up your YouVersion app, and just kind of follow along on this. And we want to look at this concept that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything about life. You know what? When people place their faith in that and connect with that. They believe that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything about eternity. They say that it changes everything about their, their connection with God. But it actually goes further than that. It goes further than that, and it connects to our, the fullness of our lives. And let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, For we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised, from dead through the, <coughs> ah, from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's about stepping into and enjoying the new life that God has given us. And so far, we, we've talked about looking for resurrection life. See, the Word tells us that, that life and death, blessing and cursing, both of those things have been set before us, and they're still here. The junk of life is still findable. We trip over it and smack into it and run into it all the time. But guess what? Resurrection life is available to us as well. we got to open our minds and open our eyes and begin to look for God at work in our lives and look for resurrection life. And then last week we talked about that you're not going to look for anything that you don't hope to find. That our hope matters and our hope has to, to hold on. Our hope grabs a hold of the things that God has promised, of the things that God is speaking to our hearts. And it holds on to those things. And hope carries us through the Saturdays to get us to the Sunday moments of life. Every promise that we hold on to, there's this, there's this waiting game of some sorts. There's this period of time where we press through and we hold on and hope holds on. And then today we're going to talk about, well, what do you do? Once you found it, hope holds on. We look for resurrection life. Now, what happens when we actually find it? What happens when we actually get a hold of something? And we're going to look today and delve into a a beautiful passage of Scripture that shows us what to do when we find what we have been looking for. But before we jump into that, let's go ahead and let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Jesus, most famous sermon. Jesus is speaking here and speaking to to lots of folks. This isn't one of these private, cozy moments like we get in John 14, 15, 16 where he's sitting there and and he's spending some time with his disciples and whatnot and it's just them. This is a very public moment where he's speaking to thousands of people and he says, you're the light of the world. See, this is the beauty is that we, we had this moment where the grave becomes empty and Jesus comes out and, and resurrection life is available and the disciples oh, <coughs> honor what Jesus says and they hold up in Jerusalem and there's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and, and the power of God shows up and the disciples end up on the streets exhibiting the power of God and the, and they're, they're speaking in tongues and the, the these All these people are hearing the message and the goodness of God in their native languages. And 3,000 people place their faith in Christ. And things are just exploding as people are showing and letting people see what God has done in their lives. They're letting their light shine. And this is one of those songs you've been raised in church. We could all sing it together. The whole this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Thank you, Nat, because I can't sing. This is a light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We know the song, and it sounds cute and wonderful, but then it can kind of go, what does that even mean? I don't even know what this really looks like. How do I, do I let my light shine? How does this get, get lived out? Well, first off, we have to be aware that there are people who are looking for some light. There's some people who are stuck that they're dark. They're in a dark place and they're looking for any little flicker of hope. I'll tell you what, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, You know what, I hope that no, today I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to, by the end of this week, I'm going to be completely addicted to drugs and out of control of my life. Nobody does that. Nobody who ends up down that path, what they do is they. They see a little flicker of hope in somebody who says, you know what, this will feel good for a little bit. You'll get a little relief from the pain. You'll, get a, you'll have some fun. All of a sudden, you'll, you won't feel like you anymore. And all of a sudden, this little flicker of light, it's a light that doesn't last. It's a life that's not real. It's a, it's a light that's actually darkness, and, and it, baits, it baits people in. All of those different things. We we walk down these paths, but what we need is is real light. And as a kid raised in church, you know, I wanted to I wanted to let my light shine. I, I was I got real excited about the things of God when I was about 10, 11 years old, and grew up in a vibrant church that was just ex- exciting, had, had long Sunday evening church meetings, you know, that just went on and on. And they, it, it was awesome, and people were praying for each other, and, and lives getting genuinely changed, and it was just, it was just amazing. And so it, it made me excited. And I got a hold of a, a, my, one of those little tiny Gideon Bibles, and sadly, we don't see those like we used to see them when I used to couldn't hardly go anywhere and not trip over a Gideon Bible. And so and now that, med, that you don't see them like that we used to. And I had my little, my little green pocket Gideon Bible, and I kept it in my, in my pocket, and I would carry it with me, and I would, I would go to, to church. Not to church, I'd go to school, and I would just begin to, to tell my schoolmates about Jesus. Well, pretty soon, they just started, just call, started calling me the preacher and so and it's like well then you know when you're in the fourth grade you know well the the little boyfriends and girlfriends they decided they wanted to get married and they needed the preacher to do it and so at recess you know i did a few weddings and uh pull out my little pocket gideon bible read some random scriptures that have nothing to do with marriage and uh you know pronounce them husband and wife and um you know, and so one of my teachers decided that was, that was sacrilegious and didn't appreciate that very much. And, uh, I got in trouble for doing weddings on the playground. And so, but that's who I was. That's who I was in fourth and fifth grade. And, uh, and so I I was, I was ready to give an account of, of of the joy that I had and what God was, was doing in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I quit doing weddings because I didn't like detention. And, um, and so, uh, but pretty soon, so that, that, was, that was my way of letting my light shine. What I didn't realize um, is that there's some people who were, who were looking. They were looking for some, for some light. And they were on the periphery. And, and, and they, they didn't talk to me. We weren't buddies. We weren't tight friends. We didn't run in the same circles. Um, but we went to Goliath Elementary together in Odessa, Texas. And Anybody go to Goliad? I'm the only one. There we go. And so, um, went to Goliad Elementary, then went to Hood Junior High School, which isn't even called Hood Junior High School anymore. They changed the name. And then went to Permian High School. And so, I know all you central people hate Boo Permian. I know. I hear it all the time. And so, and uh, anyways, and so, but there was a, a shift. In my passion for God, there was a shift in who I was and the way i I, connect, I conducted myself and was had this this one young man who I went to school with in the third and fourth and fifth grade, and was also went to junior high with and we just maybe had two conversations passing one another at some point in time, and we were not friends or or in the same classes even. And But we were sitting in the student section my senior year in high school um, of the Permian football uh, game, and something to play didn't go quite right. And so everybody, you know, engaged into the game. Permian won state that year, beat the snot out of Central, just letting you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so it happened. It don't happen anymore, but <laughs> it did happen. And... Uh, and so anyways but something went wrong and so and I respond to the field and with some negative colorful language. And my life is not what it was when I was fourth and fifth grader and so and I'm just standing up and just yelling. What I didn't realize is on the same on the same little bench with me up there in the stands about six people over was this guy that I'd gone to school with all those years. No conversations, no anything along this lines. But he remembered from fourth and fifth grade. And I'm pretty sure I didn't do his wedding. And um, <laughs> and so, uh, but anyways, he leans down and he looks at me and he says, Brendan Clark! I was like, he said, are you the one that just said that? I was like, yeah. He's like, you used to be such a holy roller. He said, you're finally one of us. And I just thought, oh. Oh, my goodness. That this guy had been watching to see if there was anything legit there from all these years before. And I, just being a normal idiot high school student, sit there and all of a sudden in his mind undercut all of that so here's the truth is, is people are looking people are looking whether you think they're looking or not whether they think you think they know your name or not there are those who are aware man we had a chrysalis meeting here yesterday and and um i eat like a kindergartner okay i like pizza and hamburgers and chicken strips um <laughs> If it's any kind of, like, uh, tuna salad, <coughs> chicken salad, <coughs> if you had to mix it in a bowl, I probably don't want it. And so it was just, anyways, but it was for a girl's Christmas. A girl's, which is a walk to Maze for teens. And so and they bring this lady food <laughs> yesterday... And they have these croissants with this chicken salad in it and these other ham rolls. And I'm sure that was all, it was pretty, it was pretty food. And then they had banana pudding. That's something I'll eat out of a bowl right there. That's some awesome stuff. And so I go through and I was one paying attention. I'm talking and I grab my plate and I look at that food. And I walked, and I found Cutie, and I said, we'll eat lunch later, baby. <laughs> and so I sit there, and I just kind of meander around, and I go sit my plate down and kind of wait until people started hitting the desserts, and I go get me a piece of sopa pea cheese, cake, yes, Jesus, and some banana pudding. And I'm sitting there, and then sure enough, one of those ladies that was there to serve, there's like 25 people to take care of at this meeting. And she comes up to me, and she said, I see you've just been eating desserts. Did you eat any actual lunch? I said, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. I don't like any of the stuff you gave (laughs) us. She said, I understand, I understand. But I was like, I, can't, I was trying to be sneaky here. I didn't walk up to it and, and, and let everybody know that I hated this stuff. But this lady was watching and man, people, people notice. So here's this thing. This is letting our light shine. It works. Okay. It works. People want to see it. People want to see something real. So now we're stuck. Okay. So what does this look like? How do we live this thing out? Because are we stuck in this place that we have to be fourth grade preacher on the playground, that everything's a message, everything we're always preaching, and then on the other end, we can never mess up because we're going to blow our witness. All of a sudden, we start working this light shine thing that can freak us out, and how do we live this out? So here's what we want to do. Letting your light shine is simply letting people see what you found. It isn't about you, it's about him. As soon as we make our light shine, make it about us, that's when things are become a problem. Sadly, my my fourth grade self had good intentions, but I also wanted to be seen as a good little Christian. I wanted to be seen as the one showing the light. I wanted to be seen as the light shiner instead of everybody seeing just the light. And then later on in life, I didn't want to be associated with that, and and just wanted to go and and. But guess what? I had the light, so my actions still mattered. So this is just simply about letting people see what we found. We make it about him and less about us, and it becomes so much easier. Second, Second Corinthians 4, verse 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So there are these people that the enemy has tried to blind. He's, he's blind. They can't, they're not being able to connect and see it. That's a problem. God wants everyone to connect with the light. He preach, For what we preach is not ourselves. We're not preaching us. We're not preaching we've got it all together. We're not preaching we, we've got this figured out. It says but, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God for God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all this this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Here's this amazing thing. God put this light in jars of clay. And regular old ordinary don't think about it vessels he's not intimidated about your messiness if all you do is point people to where god is at work that's why you know what we can go around and, and that's why we can sit there and we can have church in a building that's not finished yet Why? Because we go, you know what, Well, we're still working on this and here's the direction and here's the direction. We're not saying, hey, come look at all this beautiful stuff we've completely finished and put together. No, we're able to abide in it and to enjoy it and to live in it in the middle while it's still in process. And it is the way God wants us to be for him. So many times we say, you know what, I don't want to be the one who lets the word slip out and gets called on the carpet. So I'll never let my light shine. I'll never let it out. I don't want to be that one. That was my tension when God was calling me. When God was calling me the summer before that football game happened. Is God, I don't want to be one of those. And then I found that I was one of those. And then I had to go, guess what? All right, God, you're just stuck with this. And he was like, that's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted was for you to fully give me you... See, here's the beauty is your humanness shows that God's love is available to all and your growth shows that God's power is available to all. Your humanness lets everybody know that, guess what, it's accessible. If we're all way the stink up here, everybody's like, you know what, I don't even know how to be a Christian. I've got to start here. That's why it begins to show up and God begins to work in all of our lives as we let it, let it shine. See, God, love is God shining on us and us shining out God. This is all about Him. It's Him shining on us and us shining out God. Let's look at Luke chapter 15. And Luke chapter 15 is about three lost things and three reactions and end results with those lost things are found Let's look at Luke 15 verse 1 It says now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus These are people who were considered the scumbags of their community Okay, These were very much the most earthy of earthen vessels Okay, And they had, are gathered there to listen to Jesus They're not there to debate Jesus They're not there to to, They're there to hear what he's got to say They want to take it in But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law Who would say that these people need some life change Are upset that these people are pursuing life change This just doesn't even make sense This just doesn't make sense on any level except they felt like they had it cornered. They had the market cornered, that they owned this. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it On his shoulders. And he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together. And says rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. He shows off what he found. Everybody come over here. And I want to show you. I found my sheep. Remember I was freaked out about my one lost sheep. I've called and he throws a party about the sheep that was found he shows it off he's not embarrassed of it he doesn't stick it over in this little penalty pin that says i'm going to teach you to run off you sorry sheep i had to go over and haul out and leave the 99 behind they didn't even know if i was going to come back they were all freaked out you messed us all over he didn't stick them in a little peony box. He didn't do all that. He's like, no, this is my showcase sheep. I want. I've called my friends, and they may be thinking, seriously, I got out of bed for this. <laughs> so, yeah, that, uh, see, you got your sheep back. You got a whole pasture full of them. Awesome. But it wasn't even. It was he was so pumped. He wanted to show her. He was excited. He was excited. He wanted to show it off. He says, I tell you the same way that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sheep who repents than over... <coughs> you know what I'm saying. Over one sinner who repents. A little sheep. Eh? I'm sorry. Uh, who repents than over 99 persons. Who do not need to repent, folks? God <laughs> wants—he wants to show you off. You know what? Letting your light shine is—it's letting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to prompt you to share your story. He wants to show you off. It's like you know what? Once this one was lost, and now he's found, and now he's connected. It's not perfect. He's not going to have everything together, but. I want to show you off. I want to connect you. I want to, I want to show you off. Letting your light shine is just letting those moments happen. As you're sitting next to someone and they're going through misery and, and you go, man, I've, God's carried me through that. And the Holy Spirit's like, tell them. And you reach over and you begin to share the goodness of God. That's letting your light shine. He's like, I've already performed this miracle for you. Don't be embarrassed that you needed the miracle. Be so excited that I did it and that they can have it too. Let your light shine. It goes on, Luke 15 says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. It's the exact same response. Lost sheep. Hey everybody, guess what? It's been found. I want to tell you about my found coin. I want to let it be known. The Spirit of God, God wants for what He's doing in your life and has done in your life. See, Brandon, I'm, I'm real new at this. I'm still real raw. I do that thing at the football game you talked about. I like do that a lot. <laughs> Guess what? There are parts of you that he is moving and changing. Let those lights shine. The realness of the other, all of a sudden, it, it's, you're in process. It's okay. Paul, let people see what God is doing in your life says, in the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then Jesus tells the third story. So first we start off one of a hundred, then one of ten, and now we get down to one of two. See, the sheep, guess what? Sheep make more sheep. That would have been an easy one to blow off. They make more sheep. Next spring, numbers will be up. Now, coins, coins don't make more coins by themselves. Have a little more value. And now we get to two sons. Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. And if you've been around church for any length of time, you know the story. Had an older son and a younger son. Younger son gets tired of waiting around for dad to die. And says, uh, I want my inheritance now. And the father so loving and supportive and he gives it to him. And he hangs around for just a little bit. And then he gets itchy feet and tired of being under dad's thumb and he leaves. And he goes and he wastes it all. Wastes it all. And crazy living, the Bible calls it riotous living. Whatever you want to put in that, it fits. And he goes off and he's in a foreign land and then times get hard and and everybody abandons him when his money runs out. And he's at the bottom, bottom, bottom of life. He ends up this good Hebrew boy slopping hogs. And that's terrible. That's Hogs are bad for the Hebrews. And he wants to eat the pods that he's feeding to these hogs. He wishes he could reach down into the pail and take some of this Hog slop and eat it, but he knows his boss says that's for the hogs. And then his mind comes back to him, and he remembers that his dad is a good dad, and he's a good employer, and all his employees have enough food. And he's like, you know what? I would love to just go back and work. I just want to go back and work for dad. He's a good employer. I just want to go ask for him a, for a job. And I think dad might give me a job, and I'm, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to ask for a job. And I got this speech and say I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Just, just call me employee, pay me the wages, and I'll get through life. And he makes his journey, and he walks up, and he walks back, and dad never gave up on him. And dad's sitting on the front porch, and dad sees him from a long way off and gets so excited and does something that no good, dignified Hebrew man, estate owner, does. And he pulls up the hems of his robes, and he takes off running. It says he runs to him. And he goes on him, and he starts his speech. And if we were to read it, we would see it. And the speech gets cut off because that stops him. And he's so excited and he says, bring the robe and put it on him. Bring the ring and put it on his finger. My son that was lost has been found. And and he sits there and he throws a party. He doesn't stick him in time out. He doesn't say, you, you've shamed me. He calls everyone to come see. This guy's been the, the talk of the town in a bad way. And he's like, just forget, just come hang out, just come see him. But then there was another brother. And this other brother, we're gonna go ahead and jump to verse 28. It says the, the older brother, he became angry and he refused to go in. And so his father went out and pleaded with him, and he answered his father Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've been working been doing everything just right and i never disobeyed your orders yet you've never gave me even a young goat so that i could celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home that you kill the fatted calf for him my son the father said you're always with me and everything i have is yours but we had To celebrate and be glad. We had to. We had to. He doesn't even say, well, I chose to. It is this internal mandate. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. See, the father wants to show him off and he's not fixed anything. He's not done anything. He came back ready to just be an employee. He's not not done anything right all of a sudden and and now has stepped into sonship and and fixed everything. And the father wants to show him off in that immediate moment. Right from that place of connection. He wants to show him off. He wants everyone to know. Folks. Folks. Folks, we let our light shine. We let our light shine by simply letting God have full access to our lives and begin to let Him show us off. Here's the beautiful thing is we want to talk about God And God wants to sit here and show off what's happened in our life. And it is this beautiful little exchange where we give give glory to God and God's glory shows up in us. And we give glory to God and God's glory shows up in us. And guess what? That is the way this is supposed to be. We live in this resurrection life. We keep it flowing when we step out and we let others see what we have found. Don't overthink it. Don't get locked down and saying, what if if I act wrong tomorrow? Just let the Holy Spirit prompt you in each moment to share with somebody what God is doing in your life. We let it be seen. Our bottom line today is simply rise and shine let others know See that's what I I love about being a part of this community love a part of being part of being a, a part of celebration church is that so many of you are here today not because of celebration church marketing or Facebook page or any of that stuff but because you know somebody who dared to let, You in on what God was doing in their life And you're like man there's a real change in that person I want to come check this out I want to come check this out This is how it works This is how it works It's one person letting another person know That the goodness of God is real That the love of God is real And it changes people's lives That is what this is about See the risen life is found And trusting God to do what he said he will do. God's not embarrassed of you. He's not embarrassed of you. He's thankful you're home. The older brother, he was embarrassed. You know what? Sometimes religious people, people wound up in this outside has to look just right thing. We get embarrassed of each other. But God is not embarrassed of you. Let your story be told. It's still being written. It's not over. It doesn't have to be presented in its final finish. God's still at work. Just tell what's happening so far. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.